Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, welcome in. Making the Green Fantasy Football Podcast. Got Uncle Tony. Crazy legs. What's going on? And we're here to talk a little fantasy football. Howdy, howdy, howdy. It's the Making the Green Fantasy Football Podcast. We're coming into just a couple weeks before the season started. Hopefully, you're getting ready to have a draft this weekend or next weekend. Or if you're like us professionals, the weekend after. You're just a gambling man. Here's Uncle Tony and Crazy Legs. Crazy Legs, what's happening, man? What's going on? What's going on? Hey, man, I am juiced. I'm juiced. I'm ready to get finished with our rankings, take these top guys out, give you guys what you need at the quarterback and the tight end position, and then move on. Start talking about drafting. And so just to let everybody know this week, we're going to give you these quarterback tight end rankings and then... Our next podcast, we're going to do the mock draft, where Crazy Legs and I are going to go through what we would do uh, in a couple of positions in a mock draft, and so you can uh, uh, take some advice from us, or not take advice from us, we really don't care, but we're here to help you out, so we hope you do. So before we get into the rankings, though, as we always do, Crazy Legs, give us some camp news. Yes, yeah, so some camp news currently going on is uh, Tom Brady was back at practice, I uh, believe, uh, today and this week. So that's big. There was starting to be little rumors here and there that he may be contemplating something different. Uh, but he little is officially fucker. He is a little, he is officially he's officially back. So we can all breathe a sigh of relief and that nice sleeper t- QB back in the eighth round is now there again. So, <laughs> and then uh, another another news for the Tampa Bay, uh, Mike Evans logged a full practice today. So that's big. It's good to see him getting over that hamstring issue and looks like he's going to be 100% to go for that week one start. Uh, I can't say the same for Russell Gage. He did not practice, I believe, today. And um, um, Chris Godwin is still working his way back from that ACL. Um, he's making good progress, they're saying, but you're not really hearing too much about when exactly that they're – his timetable is so uh mike evans it's great to see him back on the field with brady um some other news uh Kenyon drake was cut from the raiders uh i believe today cut. um so he's the one of the first major cuts we've had this this offseason um we kind of saw this coming with how they were using uh, all their different running backs in the preseason he was clearly moved down the depth chart and uh costing them too much compared to those other guys so it'll be interesting to see where he lands though because he off- i think he still has a little bit to offer um, so yeah. it'll be nice to see maybe if he can make his way back to Miami or Seattle. They got some running back health issues up there. Maybe he can help them out. So yeah. it'll be interesting me, to see. Yeah, let me ask it real quick. Let me ask you something, Jake. Do you think that makes Josh Jacobs any more valuable, or do you think Kenyon or or is Kenyon Drake gonna Kenyon Drake gonna muck up somebody's uh, somebody's draft position 
if you see uh, where he goes. I don't, I don't think it makes Josh Jacobs any more valuable. I think, if anything, this talks more about the confidence they have. And I believe Zamir White is who they, yep. uh, the rookie there. Um, okay. So I think, I think they like him a lot more. And he's got, he's got the age. The he, he costs a lot less green. So that's right. Um, and but yeah, I easily could see Kenyon Drake getting picked up by anybody um, and, and mucking up a backfield. And at his age and him getting cut this this like not late in the offseason, but mid 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 preseason, I'm, I'm going to say um, I easily see him maybe taking a, a very small paycheck to go try to play on a Super Bowl contending team. So I, I would yep. hate to see him end up in Buffalo. Um, we really want to see James <laughs> Cook and Del Singletary kind of just handle that backfield and not muck it up for us anymore. But um, I don't think that I don't see the Chiefs being interested, but you never know. Um, so we'll, it'll be interesting to see where he goes. So he's, yeah. he, he, he now has time. He has time at least to find a new he team. Has time. It's, this is not the last round of cuts. This is the second yep. to last. So he, he has a couple of weeks to still find himself a spot. So that's right. Um, uh, so other news, Isaiah Spiller for the chargers, the rookie running back who we all thought would be the clear backup to Austin Eckler, which I believe they drafted him to be. There were, there were reports though, that Josh Kelly was outplaying him, I believe in camp. Um, but he is week to week with an ankle injury, so it's going to set him back even further. So big news here is that I think Josh Kelly is kind of further cementing himself as the, the true maybe handcuff to Austin Eckler, which is what you want to know with Austin Eckler costing you possibly a top three pick in your fantasy football drafts. So um, uh, some other news, Michael Thomas is dealing with a hamstring injury. So this is, this is kind of devastating because all you heard all offseason or preseason at least was that Michael Thomas is back. He's back. Um, well, now he's back with a hamstring injury and he's 28 years old, I believe. It's a little hard to come back from, but we just saw Mike Evans handle this. Now, the difference is Mike Evans got this week one or like something early in the preseason. So you see he is now back. Mike Evans is now dealing with it currently. So hopefully he can get back to being healthy and 100% um, before the start of the regular season. Otherwise, Chris Olave is going to see even more of a higher volume probably week one, which is um, a good pick to keep in mind. And then last but not least, Kenneth Walker for the Seattle Seahawks running back rookie um, who everyone had as the possible um, rookie, best rookie running back behind um, Brees Hall for uh, this draft, um, had him taking over Rashad Penny's job. He is now week to week uh, with no true timetable or return for his hernia um, surgery. And so um, we hope he comes back, but it looks like Rashad Penny is going to be in fact the true number one running back with for week one for the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, I and and it, we'll talk more about this in the next next uh, few podcasts. But I think Rashad Penny might go up a little bit, but just be careful because one thing that you have to watch out for, especially with rookie running backs, and we saw this with Jonathan Taylor. We've seen this with other other rookies is. Their counterpart might be doing well for six to eight weeks, but once the rookie catches up and gets in, then sometimes that athlete takes over. So although Rashad will definitely will clearly be the starter week one, temper yourself a little bit for that draft for that draft choice. Keep I wouldn't I wouldn't change much at all for or for Rashad Penny until you really see how that comes out of the gates. Be a great tra- uh, a trade target though. Yep. There you go. I agree. All right. Well, good deal. And I do want to let all of those, you know, we had a, a little talk last week about some cuts, but uh, all the all the parents and girlfriends and wives of those fullbacks out there that all got cut today, don't worry. They'll all come back around. 
Uh, so we saw some some fullback names get out there. We really don't care about them in, in fantasy, but I just wanted to give that shout out there to the family of all the fullbacks. Don't worry, <laughs> they'll be but they're on a practice squad. They'll be back starting uh, in no time. So just hang in there, hang in there. All right, well, Jake, you ready to do some quarterback rankings? Let's talk about them. All right, well, let's talk about the QB, uh, the the glamour position, as it were. And, you know, we've always uh, talked about, you know, quarterbacks are great, but even though they score the most points, they're really packed together as far as total amount of points that, that you can get. So don't draft them too early. Uh, but, you know, when you're ready to go get one, these are the ones you need to go get. So in our rankings tonight, just want everybody to know, as, as before, these are PPR uh, rankings, and we're uh, ranking these as the points go uh, down the line. And so we've got a few tiers here that we'll talk about, but uh, I think it'll become apparent that a lot of these guys, once we get past the first guy, uh, you have a lot of flexibility is what you want to do. And so our first tier that we'll talk about is Josh Allen and Josh Allen. So uh, in, in in several years, it's been a while since I think you've had a true uh, top pick at the quarterback position, and there's no there's no reason for you to consider anyone else to be the top uh, top quarterback here. Uh, what do you think about old Josh Allen? No, I agree completely. Completely, he's the full package. He's not only passing for thirty five plus touchdowns now; he's now rushing the ball. Uh, successfully, he's still averaging a good, solid five to to ten or five to eight. I'll say uh, rushing touchdowns a year. Um, so I I think he's the full package, and I I think he's been back to back QB once, if I'm not mistaken. So um, mm-hmm. we haven't seen that done in a while. So uh, I I like him a lot, and I I don't see why he shouldn't finish as the QB one again this year. Absolutely, there's not much more to say than that. If you're going to take a quarterback early, this is the one to take. Um, so we're going to drop down to the next tier and it's a, 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 a six man. We're going to go with a six man tier. Uh, and, and I think we can, uh, work these guys out in a couple of different ways, but we're going to go, uh, Kyler Murray, Justin Herbert, Patty Mahomes, Tom Brady, Joe Burrow. And then our, you know him, you love him. You can't live without him. Lamar Jackson, MVP Lamar Jackson. Uh, well, not last year, but MVP Lamar Jackson. So that's the next tier that I have, Jake. And I know we talked a little bit about it. You can go uh, up or down with some of these guys, but with the with the um, ADP that you've got on them, it's sometimes tough to separate these guys out. So tell me what you think about. Uh, let's start at the top with Kyler Murray, and tell me what what you think about Kyler pluses and minuses. Yeah, I think pluses are obviously is that the first seven weeks of last year, you saw what his potential was, which was the QB one um, throughout the year. Um, after that week seven, you, you obviously saw the team have a team have a decline. I think he got tweaked uh, an ankle or had a slight injury, and he just wasn't the same the rest of the season. But um, when fully healthy, you you obviously saw his potential is to be the QB one. He's got the huge rushing upside. Um, he's got a high scoring offense, an offense that really um leans heavily more on the QB than maybe most others. Um and he is gonna be without Hopkins though this year for the first six weeks. Um so that's I think that hurts his his stock just a just a slight bit. But again the rushing upside is what really propels him to the top of this tier for me. There you go. So um Justin Herbert, I want to talk about him because I know you 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 don't want to really talk about Patrick Mahomes anyway. So uh but we'll 
Herbert, I think, you know, we talk about Herbert. I want to get your opinion on him uh, as we go one by one through these through these top uh, six quarterbacks. Um, I think really I have him higher than Kyler Murray just because of the uh, of the offensive weapons that he has. What do you think about Herbert and his chances this year? No, I agree. We've seen him take a step forward every year since he's been in the NFL. So I expect him to do it once again. Um, he's got a solid um, coaching staff behind him, I think, that has not changed much. Um, and then the receiving core couldn't be much better. There's hardly, maybe you can maybe only make an argument for one or two teams that have a better receiving core than this this group right here. And then you throw in the the best pass catching back in the NFL as well with Austin Eckler. I think uh, he definitely has the potential to finish as the QB one for sure. Um, he's going to do it a little bit more with his arm than his, his legs, but he showed at least last two years that he is capable of doing it with his legs when he needs to. Um, so I like the athletic ability of Justin Herbert and this, the group around him is just phenomenal. So yeah, I like him a lot as a top three quarterback in this league. I'm with you there. And, and that, that, uh, takes us to Patrick Mahomes, the second. And, uh, you know, I think this will be one of the first times I've seen, uh, Mahomes outside of the top three, as far as rankings. And I think, and actually I think, you may agree or disagree if he's outside the top three, but I definitely think he's definitely not in the top two, um, that he's definitely behind Allen and Herbert this year. And again, I think because of what we you just talked about in the offensive weapons outside of Kelsey, I think there are some question marks uh, for Mr. Mahomes's ability to to put up the points that he has in the past. Yes, I agree. And yeah, this is the year that you're probably going to see the most him be the most Undervalued, and I'm not going to say undervalued. Actually, I think I think he's valued correctly. And for me, it's the bottom of this tier, actually, of all these guys. Um, and it's just be sure the fact that he's he truly is more of a pocket passer. He, he's not he's not rushing as much as these guys. They're not running him in as goal at the goal line. He he's a he's a half a billion dollar man that they can't afford to do that to. <laughs> um, so he he does all his damage with hit with him in the pocket. And unfortunately, he only truly does have Travis Kelsey from his staff last year of of without Tyreek Hill. So uh, it's tough to see him outscoring Joe Burrow with the staff around him, Tom Brady with hit the group around him. I mean, you just look at the rest of the guys in this tier and you think, wow, if they're all true pocket passers, who's really got the better receiving core? Um, and Patrick Mahomes is not not there. He's just the receiving core is not there as last year. So I expect. Now, the thing is, you still expect Patrick Holmes to get his. Andy Reid and him are going to get theirs. And so that's why he is still not – we're not talking bottom 12. We're talking maybe like the sixth best fantasy quarterback. Um, the problem with that is his, because of his name and what he's done the past couple of years, he's being drafted much higher than all these other guys. So, unfortunately, he is not a good value this year. Um, I do expect him to put up some numbers, but just not where it's going to be good enough for your drafting him. I couldn't. I couldn't agree more. Uh, I do have him a little higher than the bottom of this this uh, this tier, but um, let's go to the next guy that I've got here, and and, and I want to say that these next three guys are really close together. I think you could uh, really go any direction here, but Tom Brady, Joe Burrow, and Lamar Jackson. Talk to me about Tom Brady. How should we value him? I mean, I think he's getting valued the past couple of years the same, no matter what he does, which is. Oh, it's old Tom. Everybody's waiting for the, the 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 shoe to drop. Now he's valued a little bit more than last year because I think he really showed out last year. I think he finished as the QB three and four point TD scoring formats, which I believe that's what we're using for all these rankings. Um, yeah. But um, 
So I think he's no longer that ninth, tenth round pick. He is currently ADP around the seventh, early seventh, which I would I think he's still a value at that point, depending on how you've um, built your squad up until that point, because he did show that he can still put up the forty plus touchdowns last year. He doesn't need that rushing ability like some of these other guys do. Um, he's got Mike Evans again. They brought in Julio Jones to maybe replace some of those red zone targets Gronk took. So I think not missing Gronk, you could say hurts him a little bit, but. I mean, okay, take away three or four or five touchdowns, and I think he still finished as a top five from last year. So as long as he can replicate what they've done last year, I think he'll be solid. Okay. Uh, that, that makes perfect sense, and that leads us to the next guy here. I talk about an up-and-comer, and that's Joe Burrow, uh, you know, uh, Super Bowl uh, attendee, Joe Burrow. And what do we, you know, again, what we said about Herbert, I think you can say about Burrow, uh, the sig, you know, a significant wide receiver core, uh, an excellent, uh, running back. Should we see what we saw out of Burrow last year or should we see a progression upwards? What do you, what do you see as Burrow in this, this tier of top six, uh, quarterbacks we've talked about? Where do you see Burrow? I think I see Burrow just slightly ahead of Mahomes. Um, and it's, again, it just goes back to the staff around him. Um, I mean, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, probably the strongest three, just just wide receivers, three wide receiver core you could probably have. Um, Joe Mixon is easily a, a top five pass catching back, let alone a good, just solid running back to help move the ball as well. Um, they've thrown, They've seen success with the tight ends they've brought into this offense. Um, it's another year under the same um, same offense, so I, I think everything points to him making taking another step forward. Eventually, hopefully, they can maybe pick up the pace of play a little bit. I know their head coach really likes to run the ball, likes to slow it down. Um, maybe they can hand over the reins to Joe Burrow just a little bit more this year, op- really truly open up the playbook some, especially for Jamar Chase being his second year in the league. So um, you're just excited. I think I think I'm more excited for this offense and for Joe Burrow than I am for maybe some of the other guys in this in this tier. I will say I think he still doesn't touch um, Herbert and Murray. And we could maybe even call that the 2A tier and the mm-hmm. rest of these guys being 2B. I think because those guys just have the rushing upside or their offense that are also just just that much electric as well. Um, but I these guys, these pocket passes we're talking about right here besides Lamar, um, Lamar Jackson, I think have solid floors is what you're looking at from them. And you're seeing that kind of caked into their uh, their uh, ADP as well because you see a big drop-off from Justin Herbert and Mahomes going maybe in the third or fourth round. And then next thing is um, Murray sixth, Joe Burrow sixth, uh, Brady seventh. Um, so I think that's why you like these guys, that solid floor, that safety net. Safety net. Yep. Yeah, I'm with you. And that, and that takes us – and we'll t- I want to talk about that when we finish these top – 12, 13, uh, th- this final tier of, of starting quarterbacks. I want to talk about those ADPs. So, uh, Lamar Jackson, and, and I'll, I'll start this off by saying, you know, I, Lamar to me, uh, is probably, the, if he's on, he's probably got the best chance to finish as close to Josh Allen as any of these other quarterbacks because of his ability to run. His ability to score, uh, and if you believe the hype, his uh, his he has worked all offseason on his throwing 
motion and his accuracy. If that does increase and that and that has, I think if he gets 30, 33 to 36 uh, uh, passing touchdowns, then I don't see any reason why he's not in the top three uh, quarterbacks. And unless you take him too soon, which a lot of people are because his ADP, I think, is higher than it should be. I think that you, you, you've got a chance to really, really get something here. But I, at his, at his current ADP, we'll talk about, I think you talk about maybe you should pass on Lamar in the fifth round so you can get, uh, Joe Burrow or, uh, in the sixth or Tom Brady in the seventh. And, and I think you've got a real difference maker there. So, but, uh, but what are your thoughts on Lamar? Yeah, I know. I think I think he hit the nail right on the head. I think Lamar has the lowest floor of all the guys in this that we've talked about so far. But he's also got one of the higher ceilings just because we've seen him finish as a, as a QB1 in fantasy before. He did it in 2019 where he had 36 passing touchdowns and seven rushing with over 1,200 rushing yards. And I mean, his biggest asset in fantasy is that rushing ability, that playmaker ability that he really has to take over a game, take control, and really just lead his team down the field. Um, I think the biggest difference though between him and um, like for instance, I'm not putting him above Kyler Murray or Justin Herbert um, just because uh, they have higher floors and maybe even higher ceilings because their passing ability, I think is that much higher with the staff around them. But um, Lamar Jackson is someone that we've seen him put up QB one numbers and be the QB one. And that certainly means he can do it again. And so I think his ceiling is much higher than these pocket passers because of that rushing ability. But it's with the Baltimore Ravens, man. You just think of that when you think of that offense, you still just don't think like, oh, Lamar Jackson, like QB one of the NFL, like putting up all these scoring numbers. I think you really you still just see them as a run first, defensive heavy team. I think that's why his floor is just a little bit lower in those pocket packs we've already talked about. Yep, I I'm with you. I'm with you. So I mean, a lot of good discussion there on those those quarterbacks. And again, uh, we want to uh, reiterate: not a lot of difference in that in that tier. Uh, you've got good value anywhere along there, and uh, just deciding when to take them uh, is is up. You know, is is the key. So let's go to the second this this third tier, if you will. Um, and I've included the quarterbacks here that have a question mark about them, and some in some aspect whether that's a change in team uh a, a they're new to it or they've had an injury uh or you know there's been changes to the offense and so this tier is uh and and this guy this first guy a lot of hype here in the the lead up to fantasy drafts and that's Jalen Hurts then Russell Wilson Dak Prescott and then Matthew Stafford uh, I think those are the next guys that have the type of floor that we're talking about here that are QB ones uh, that we want to that we want to look at. And so Jalen Hurts, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, Matthew Stafford. So in that tier, Jake, who who do you think uh, rises up uh, to, in your in your opinion? This one's tough, just because uh, you want to you want to say Jalen Hurts. Um, I think just because last year he had had a great year, I think besides only just two maybe down down weeks, um, he finished as the as the QB nine, but then he gains a huge weapon in AJ Brown um, to really try to bring up those passing numbers and just solidify that team. Maybe get into more red zones because I mean he finished as the QB nine, and I think he only threw uh, sixteen passing touchdowns, um, ten rushing, and. 
The crazy thing is, I think the ten rushing is ten rushing TDs is like a, an average. It's going to end up being an average for him. I feel like I could easily see him doing that again. We didn't see them bolster the running back room anymore. Like they they know what they have in Jalen Hurts, and that is a true mobile uh, quarterback that they use, similar to Josh Allen, how Josh Allen is used. I think how in the, when they get in that red zone, he's probably going to get fifty percent of those goal line carries. Um, and then you add an AJ Brown. I would love to see that add an extra eight to 10 touchdown, maybe passing touchdowns for him if they use them correctly. So the the key here, though, is you just don't know. Um, you don't know how it's going to mesh. You don't know what the chemistry is going to be like. The division is not that high. Um, so it might not take too much as far as to stay in games or win games. So, um, But you really like him as a, as a, a buy-low candidate this year. Unfortunately, everyone is saying that. So I don't want to get on the bandwagon. <laughs> I just gave all these pros for him, but... What I think what I truly like out of this tier, though, and that's Russell Wilson. Um, Russell Wilson probably has the best receiving core out of all these guys. Um, Cooper Cup is obviously s- super good for Matt, Matt Stafford, but I think what, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, truly could be wide receiver ones for any any of the, any team in the NFL, for most teams in the NFL. Um, Hamler can stretch the field. I actually like the tight end Albert. I'm not going to try to say his last name. Um, he's got some two. He's got two solid running backs behind him. I think. Um, I think Russell Wilson, somebody that we've seen ball out before in the NFL, can truly do it again. Um, and he and he his career has been nothing but success. Um, so I'm I'm very very excited to see what he can do in this offense. And that's who I'm probably betting my money on for this tier. I got you. Yeah, and and so I, let me say about Jalen Hurts, and and it's one of those things where. Before we started into fantasy season and we started looking at some preliminaries, I was thinking to myself, man, this is a year I'm going to sneak Jalen Hurts. It's going to be a good pick. Philadelphia, nobody thinks about Philadelphia. Then all of a sudden, bam, A.J. Brown. Uh, you know, yep. bam, no running back taken. And it's like, oh, man. And so I, I'm tough on that, too. I, I don't like the bandwagon, man. I don't like it. Uh, I want to I want to be secret. So I got to find me another secret weapon. And I think I might find one down here. I've got a I've got a clue, or you may have a clue of who I think's the secret weapon this year. But anyway, yeah. um, the uh, the other thing about Jalen Hurts though that's a positive, and it's the same here with Josh Allen. You talked about it. Neither team has a goal line back, and so the quarterback is the goal line back. Now Jalen Hurts is no Josh Allen. Let's be clear. There's there's a significant size difference between <laughs> those two. But that's the way they use Jalen Hurts. Even Lamar Jackson, a little bit, but he's not that goal line guy. They've got some big right. backs that they can hand it to. So, but not the case with Philadelphia and Buffalo. And so I, I think that's an advantage for Jalen Hurts. But then I will say, if I'm at the same ADP, I'm probably, if, if, if Jalen Hurts gets taken in the sixth round and Russell Wilson is still there for me to take in the seventh, I am much more comfortable filling out my PPR roster with my running backs, uh, wide receivers, and a flex before I go and take uh, Russell Wilson in the seventh round. That's a pretty, pretty solid draft pick there because I'm with you. I think the floor, his floor is just as good as some of those we talked about in the top six, uh, top uh, top seven, and I, I think they're there. But, um, again, there's a little bit of an unknown with this new offense, you think they're going to let him roll with it, but um, you just never know. And then uh, the one guy we didn't talk about there is is Dak Prescott, and it uh, 
you know, you just <laughs> I, you start stuttering when you start thinking about the Dallas Cowboys. I see D. Lamb is going to be a phenomenal player and going to have a great year. But am I going to am I am I going to trust C.D. Lamb and Dalton Schultz? I mean, I don't have. Uh, and can I wait until Michael Gallup gets back? Is he going to be a hundred percent? I just don't know where those other receptions are coming from. And as we talked about with Tony Pollard, if he's in the slot, I, that just doesn't help Dak uh, get down the field and score those longer touchdowns that he needs. I, I I like him where he's at as far as, you know, at the bottom of this tier, you know, around 9, 10, 11. I think that's where you could draft Dak Prescott and, and, and feel comfortable uh, with it. But I just don't see him being able to rise up and take over, uh, uh, be higher than Wilson or Hertz. Now, if you don't believe in Hertz, then I definitely think it's Wilson than Prescott. But if you believe the hype, then I think you've got to have Hertz ahead of him. And um, the last guy there, Matt Stafford. Jake, what do you what do you think about that um, Super Bowl hangover? And and Stafford, you know, Robert Woods is not there. Odell Beckham is not there to start with. Van Jefferson's a little bit hurt. We do have the big man, Allen Robinson, to to be across the across the uh, the way from Cooper Cup. But what what do you think about Stafford? Can he can he do that magic again? Where do you have Stafford ranked here? Yeah, I think I have Stafford ranked the lowest of all these guys, and it's just because there's no rushing upside to him. I think in this in this range, you're really looking for that that upside that true and like and for quarterbacks, it's the rushing ability that can get you there. Um, Russell Wilson, Jalen Hurts definitely have that ability. Um, Dak Prescott, they've kind of really tried to take that out of his game, but I think he still has that ability. Um, and I think I think he's um, just got maybe just a tad bit more upside than Matt Stafford. You, you can flip flop him if you'd like, um, but Matt Stafford for me, I don't see too much of a drop off from last year. I think there is always, I do always think there is like a little bit of a hangover when the Super Bowl. We and we we keep hearing a little some reports about his elbow. It may a little tendonitis or something that could maybe restrict him just a little bit this year. Who knows? Um, but, I mean, it's not unheard of for him to just repeat what he did last year with Allen Robinson instead of Robert Woods. I have Allen Robinson for a full season. He didn't have Robert Woods. Um, I know OBJ was there at some point. But, I mean, that was his first year with Sean McVay, and he threw for 41 touchdowns and almost 5,000 <laughs> yards. Um, just his first year. And I, I, I'm pretty sure Sean McVay has got a pretty extensive playbook as well, if I had to guess. <laughs> so there's no way I'm sure they were running 100% playbooks. I, do, I mean, I do trust Matt Stafford to be that good enough to pick it up quickly, being the veteran that he is. But he was a QB5 last year, and so maybe maybe we're not getting him enough credit. Um, but I, I think just with the, without the rushing upside and um, – I, I think that just hurts him as far as a fantasy perspective. If we were talking NFL quarterbacks, he's I think he definitely jumps up the board. Um, and it may be in a, even like a six-point league, if you want to talk about it from that standpoint, where passing QBs do get more of a bump because of the six-point passing touchdowns. Um, but I think for now, the rushing ability is what's keeping him down here with these guys. Yeah. And I'll say this, and, and you know, you're absolutely right. And the tendonitis is a little bit troublesome and, and makes you think. But here's the thing. He, he plays in the NFC West. I, I don't see anybody that's gotten any worse in the NFC West other than, you know, Seattle. They've gotten a little bit worse. But guess what? You said it. The NFC West is playing the AFC West this year. Yeah. Guess what? The AFC West has gotten a lot better. So they're going to have to score some points. And so that being said, uh, they didn't bring a running back in. 
So it's Cam Akers and and Daryl Henderson. So I don't see that they've changed the offense to do anything different than what they did last year. That's 41 touchdowns. You'll take that, right? You'll you'll take that floor and, and run with it. I, like I said, if it wasn't for the tendonitis, which at age 34 shouldn't be that big a deal, and Matthew Stafford is one of the toughest SOBs around. Yeah. And dude played with a broken back. Come on, man. Play with a broken back. So um, I think I think you can. can I, I really like Matt Stafford. If your draft goes to where you're coming out of the eighth round and uh, and not going to the ninth, and Matt Stafford's there, and you've drafted up into that, I think it's 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 not a bad strategy to be hanging around back there looking for him. So uh, I'd say that a good solid good solid floor, no doubt about it. Well, and and so that takes us to the next to the next tier. Uh, which I've got that these are not necessarily – they could be QB1s. I think they should be QB1s. They have been QB1s, uh, except for one of them. But they're just in this little vein here that, hey, if you if you mess up and go oops and somebody has taken two quarterbacks in front of you just because they're idiots, these are guys you can fall back to if you're looking for a QB1 with some reach to it. And so I think two of these three guys have tremendous – Upside. I'm not going to say unlimited upside, <laughs> but pretty good upside. And so these three guys right here that I think you could look at to be there is Trey Lance, Kirk Cousins, and Aaron Rodgers. And I know Trey Lance is now the announced starter at San Francisco. And it's not like these guys are pass happy offense, but there is that opportunity that this guy could could run for a thousand yards and could throw for uh you know for four thousand yards and he could have twenty five uh passing touchdowns because he's got this guy named Debo and he's got this guy named Kittle uh that are pretty good players and so tremendous upside on this guy uh and there's a reason that they're dangling Jimmy G out there. So I think there's a big that's a big risk reward if you're waiting in your draft to say hey I'm going with Trey Lance as my QB one that's a big risk. You're probably going to be looking at a second quarterback somewhere later in the draft if you take him. But could be a difference maker. You come out, again, out of the ninth, tenth round, and you've got Trey Lance sitting there, and you've filled up your roster with a, and your flexes are taken care of. Not a bad guy to take. And then um, I'll last thing I'll say here is Kirk Cousins, I think, is a tremendous, tremendous value. And I think very you could parallel him with uh, Matthew Stafford. I don't think you sh- if you're picking him to say I think he's going to be in the t- uh, uh, QB one through five. I wouldn't say that, but I think you could project him uh, as a QB seven through twelve and not be too far out of range. I think you know we've we've talked about Justin Jefferson. We've talked about Adam Thielen. That Irv Smith is back on the field. Dalvin Cook is a force to be reckoned with. These, I've I've got a six pack riding on the Minnesota Vikings offense, and I think I I think Kirk Cousins could be the surprise back here if you wanted to wait late and get that QB uh, to run up with. But uh, Jake, what do you think about these three guys? No, I think I agree completely. Uh, Trey Lance is easily the biggest boom bust QB in the draft this year, just because the. the the spectrum is so wide for where he could possibly finish. Um, I, I mean, he's now he's obviously being drafted at that at, at, at later in the draft. 
Um, maybe not as late as Kirk Cousins and Aaron Rodgers or uh, Matt Stafford and some of these guys, but um, the sheer athleticism and just the the possibilities that come with Trey Lance and if he could just put it all together and everything, but you just don't know. Um, so I I highly recommend if you do if you are a Trey Lance truther and you do take Trey Lance, you you definitely double up on quarterback because uh, it is a very very boom bust situation we have here, um, but. It would be very cool to see him run for a thousand yards and ten touchdowns, and then sling it across the field to Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle. I mean, the pieces are there, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. So I think I think he's definitely the biggest boom bust. And then you mentioned Kirk Cousins being good value. Yeah, I mean, you never you never want to draft safe when it comes to these later rounds. I feel like, but it really doesn't get much safer than Kirk Cousins. <laughs> He's <laughs> he's finished QB eleven in back to back years, the last two seasons. So he, he and that's like that's literally his definition. I think he's going to be your solid QB one, but it's a back end QB one. You don't have to worry about him probably at all. But at the same time, you also know he's not going to give you a top three week, top five week most likely. He's just going to keep you in the game in hopes that hey, he's his draft value is so low that these other guys you've already drafted are what's going to win you that week. He's not going to hurt you, but he's probably not going to win you a week. But Mr. Consistent, Mr. Safe, Kirk Cousins. And then Aaron Rodgers is down here because, shit, there just ain't anybody there for him to throw the ball to. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's even worse off than Patrick Mahomes. And so, um, and so, but the, the biggest but the biggest thing here also is that it, it's Aaron Rodgers. So this is back-to-back yeah. MVPs. Like, this guy has... Throwing in back-to-back seasons, he's thrown 37 touchdowns, 48. Um, I think what scares people is that we could see his numbers drop tremendously. Well, in 2019, he only threw for 26 touchdowns, and he was the QB 10. In 2018, he only threw for 25 touchdowns. He was the QB 7. So, I mean, it, I don't think we should be worried at all about Rodgers not being QB 1. He's currently being drafted outside of that, which is just shocking to me just from the sheer talent you know that he's going to bring. Um, I think people are really scared of obviously no receiving core whatsoever, even in the tight end room. Um, and I think that they know that this offense is going to maybe start running more towards the run heavy. Um, if it hasn't already, they have two of the best backs in the NFL, a great combo and Aaron, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, but Aaron Rodgers is going to get his, this, this guy is a hall of famer. He's, I, I just don't see how you can doubt that he's not going to be a QB one. Um, and I, I, I view him as such. Yeah, I agree. Um, and and one thing that that didn't hadn't gotten a lot of airplay is David Bakhtiari, that mountain of a tackle, uh, did not go on the pup to start the season. They don't know if he'll be exactly ready for week one, but that means that he'll be there within the first he's couple close. of weeks of the season. Yeah, he's he's close. close, and that's a big deal for Aaron Rodgers. It we have Bakhtiari on that on that. Uh, tackle side so he's got him there if that happens I I think Aaron Rodgers has got huge upside but you're right Jake and that's why I'd say for for these guys we kind of said the same thing you know with Kirk Cousins and Aaron Rodgers it's they're really safe floors and if you're back here in the draft we talked about Mahomes being oh my gosh you'll never draft him as the fourth quarterback off the board Mm -hmm. well here's Aaron Rodgers future Hall of Famer first ballot Aaron Rodgers uh uh, dickhead that he is, or asshat, I believe is the exact <laughs> yep. quote, uh, is still, though, dead gum. Great quarterback for that kind of value there. But 
I will say that he's the last of the value quarterbacks. I it think drops after this, off, right? it drops, drops off yeah. significantly after Aaron Rodgers. Now, I, you know, I did. I for, I was uh, lax earlier when we were talking about Tom Brady, and I do want to bring this up. Was we talked about Aaron Rodgers as David Bakhtiari? Uh, one of the things about Tom Brady they were talking about him not coming back was because of the significant injuries that have already happened on the interior line for Tampa Bay. So I yeah. do want to caveat that as you're looking at the draft and those those top quarterbacks, even though Tom Brady continues to prove us wrong, this is going to be the first year in a long time, maybe the last year in New England, that he doesn't have a solid interior line. And that's very important for him to know that he's not going to get a rush up the middle. Uh, he can handle – rushes from around because he steps up. He's so much in the pocket. There's never been a quarterback ever that's been able to stay in the pocket like he does. His center went down, season ending, season ending I think, injury. The ta- the guard just went down in the last preseason game. Uh, the two starters from last year left in the offseason. So something to look for if you're really trying to decide between those in those quarterback ranges we talked about between Murray, Mahomes, Brady, Burrow, Jackson, something to think about. I, it's it's a tough one to see. If we see Brady in the preseason game, the last preseason game, I think you'll get some kind of gauge on that to see what it's going to look like up front for him. I don't know that we'll see that. When you're 45 years old, there's really no value in playing in the preseason, but uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Yep. Let's just let's so, just keep doubting him, and I'll just keep drafting him. Let's drop that ADP. There, I'm with you. Let's just let's just, you go. let's just fire him up. <laughs> so I put that out there for you, my man. Right. Put that out there yeah. for you. But well, we've got just a few. Uh, yep, yeah, we got just a few quarterbacks we want to talk about real quickly because again, once you get past this, there's a huge drop off. But if you're in a super flex league or your your league requires you to draft two quarterbacks, here are the guys we want to uh, list out and just mention just real briefly, and we'll we'll move on from them. And so. These next guys, this tier, I think, is someone that if you had to have a backup, like if you took Trey Lance, this is who you may want to go get uh, to do that. Or if you really are in Superflex, you wanted value. Here they go. You got Derek Carr, Daniel Jones, Trevor Lawrence, Tua T, uh, and Jameis Winston, I, I think, are those guys that sit in that tier that you say, okay, I can depend upon them to be a QB1 all year. What do I need? Now, I'm a little concerned about Daniel Jones in there. But, Jake, anybody, just name a couple there that say, hey, I, I, I think these are guys to look for and why. No, I, I I agree with the list you have there. I really don't like anybody truly outside of that list to, that you'd even feel confident as making it as QB1, I don't think. Um, but I think the the guy, the two guys I think I like the most out of the list you just named are Tua Tungvaloa just because, of, I mean, he obviously got a great weapon in the offseason and Tyree Kill – um, if he can put a full healthy season together with this new offensive staff, um, coaching staff as well, um, I'm, I'm very interested to see what he can do with a full healthy season and these new weapons around him. And then the other one is Jameis Winston. I've kind of been talking this offense up, I think, a little more each episode. Um, if Michael Thomas can st- can truly get back to being healthy to start the season, I think it's a it's a scary s- sleeper of a wide receiver core um, that Jameis Winston's going to have the ability to throw to. And some very and the the big thing about that receiving core is you're not seeing a true like wide receiver one, the big guy, the go up and get it guy. Um, that's not really Michael Thomas's game. He's definitely more of a like he'll just beat you with his power out of the slants and out of 
out of like maybe these 10 to 15 yard routes. He's not running these deep routes all the time. Um, at least when we saw him last <laughs> and then uh, Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry, these are some quick agile guys with sure hands, especially Jarvis Landry. He's built his career on having very sure hands. Um, so I, I don't expect there to be a lot of drop balls. If Jameis Winston can get them in space, who knows what they can do. And so I like Jameis Winston a lot. If that offense can truly pick up steam and take fire. Yep. I agree. I think the, and the only thing I would add is, you know, if you, if you have to have a floor guy, like if you know, Hey, if I got Trey Lance, somebody, Derek Carr, I think is a good, his ADP is probably too high for you to be able to draft him like that. But he does have Devontae Adams, and Devontae Adams made a lot of green for Aaron Rodgers, so I like that. But I agree with you there with Tua and Jameis Winston being the two there. Uh, I think we're still one year away for Trevor Lawrence, and I, I agree. I, I think, and and we may see Daniel Jones replaced six six games in, but we may not. I mean, but he he really needs some uh, talent around him to really shine. So I'm with you there. So I, I Tua and Jameis are two guys and you can get them pretty deep. You can get Jameis yeah. fairly deep into a draft. So, mm-hmm. um, so let's go with this last tier. And these are guys just to remember their names uh, to, to, to look at, to say, and there's one of these guys that I, I think actually could be a breakout candidate and actually could move themselves into a, a lower tier QB one. And we'll see there, but uh Here's here are your names: Justin Fields, Carson Wentz, Ryan Tannehill, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, Matt Ryan, and Jared Goff. I think those are the last quarterbacks you're really looking at drafting uh, for your team. Anybody else is really waiver wire kind of stuff. If somebody has an injury or you're looking somewhere else, so um, you know Justin Fields, Wentz, Tannehill, Jones, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, uh, Ryan, and Jared Goff. So Jake, anybody in that tier, you're you're even saying, yeah, I would take them if I had to have a backup. Yeah, I think there's really only two that I would maybe take shots at. Um, the first one actually being Ryan Tannehill. Um, I think we've seen him in back-to-back years be a QB1 and finish as a QB1. Last year he was QB12. Um, obviously lost A.J. Brown, but they replaced him with Traylon Burks, the rookie. They brought in Robert Woods. Um, Derrick Henry, if truly is back to health, then the play action is going to be there once again. Um, so I think if anyone has the ability in this group, it's probably him. Um, just cause we've seen it before and who knows, like if Traylon Burks maybe does take a step forward in the middle of the season and, and finds himself to be that true AJ Brown replacement. Um, I think you could see Ryan Tannehill, um, easily finish close to a QB one. Um, plus that division, I think allows him to have that ability as well. Um, and then the other guy I was going to mention is Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields, um, yeah, there's not a lot there receiver wise. Darnell Mooney, I think, is a is a strong fantasy value um, and, a, and a good QB one for what this team has. Um, and Cole Komet, I like a lot from tight ends. We'll probably hear his name very soon on this episode. But um, I think Justin Field has the the biggest rushing upside of anyone in this tier that we just named. Um, and we just got I I've been preaching it this entire segment. Uh, but I think rushing is what can really propel a QB up the ranks. And so he's got that playmaker ability that Lamar Jackson ability, I think in him, it just hasn't been shown because unfortunately he plays in Chicago. So Chicago, Chicago. Yeah. I'm with you there, Nick. And the one guy I would mention is Matt Ryan. And I think, um, Matty ice, uh, has, uh, found himself, uh, a decent landing spot to finish out those last couple years of his career. 
Um, has arguably the best running back in the league. Uh, when given the opportunity, I think he can still deliver a ball. And and we we've had that discussion about Michael Pittman Jr. Um, and I we both agree he's a, a good wide receiver. Maybe not as good as Mike Williams, but he's still a pretty good wide receiver. Uh, and so uh, I I think with Matt Ryan, I think the opportunity is there in Indianapolis for them to have to score a lot of points. And because uh, the defense is not that good. And uh, I, I think there's going to be opportunities there for Matt Ryan. So that's it for quarterbacks. Anything else, Jake? Anybody no, else think, you want to mention or I think, talk about? I think we've hit him pretty good. Good, good. Don't draft Baker Mayfield. All right. <laughs> Next up, we want to go over uh, really the unsung hero, you know, no respect position. Everybody, every league just about has him. You still got to start one, and that's the tight ends. And uh, and so, Jake, one thing about drafting tight ends, I'd say we're going to talk about two or three that are actually feasible, maybe four, that are, are, are really somebody that you really want to get early. And then after that, if you make a decision in a draft not to go after one of these top you know, five or six tight ends, just wait. Just wait, because there's a huge drop-off uh, in uh, not only ADP, but also in uh, uh, projected points uh, once you get past that. So we'll probably slide through these tight ends fairly quickly and talk about the first six, and then it'll be just kind of who else do we need to talk about. And so um, really at this uh, uh, for this uh, position, there are really two guys this year uh, one you're used to saying number one, and the other one has been working his way up the last couple of years. And the first one is obviously Travis Kelsey, and second is Mark Andrews. And these guys are in a tier where they are someone that you can look at. And I've seen Kelsey going in the first round, um, and I've seen uh, uh, Mark Andrews going early second round. But uh, I, I think for the most part, unless you're in a TD uh, bonus like an FFPC league where you're getting one and a half points per reception. I, I think these guys are second round picks. But Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Jake, what do you think? I mean, those are the top two for sure. Uh, you can flip flop them each way you want to take your pick, however you're feeling at the time. Uh, but these are the two go out and get them guys. I think the rest of these guys, you can see how they fall to you and if the value sticks. But these are the two guys where. Um, they they are definitely a tier above the rest. Uh, Travis Kelsey just year in year out a top tight end one or two finish, and then Mark Andrews we really saw him like he broke out in his rookie year, but boy he really exploded last year. Um, and to have Lamar Jackson back there again, I think the offense is going to continue to move as it always has been. It's it's through him in the receiving core. He is the number one target. And that's the biggest thing you can say for these top two guys is that they're number one targets on high high scoring offenses. And so um, I think that's what separates them the most from this next year. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. And I, I there's never been a year. It, it's the scary part. I think Travis Kelsey is the wide receiver one for the Chiefs. Uh, although he's lining up in the tight end position. Now, he's getting a little long a tooth, and we talked about this. He he just has been nicked up a little more than he has been in the past, but still the value is so great that um, I, I just don't see how you couldn't take him. And, and like I said, if you're if you're on the turn in a, in a, in a draft in second round and 
there's nothing wrong with looking and, and targeting Travis Kelsey because that I, – I think this could be the year that he scores. He may get 20 touchdowns. It could be that kind of year because there's just nobody else there to really take the ball up the seam and go. And so I, I – I, unless – and I've certainly been wrong about other things. But I really like Travis Kelsey this year. And, and Mark Andrews, he scares me a little bit just because I don't think the the target volume is as much as it is with Kelsey or as much as you would think to be spending that at, at, for a tight end uh, where you're having to draft him. Uh, and we'll talk about another guy that's probably going to have a huge, huge uh, uh, volume in his offense in a second. But that's the only thing that scares me about Mark Andrews. He is very touch, I think, more touchdown dependent than uh, than Kelsey uh, to get you your points you're looking for for that draft that draft pick. But I certainly agree, definitely the next tight end off. And if you want to leave one of the first two rounds with a tight end, he is definitely the guy to get if you don't have a chance at Kelsey, no doubt about it. And he he is also the wide receiver one for that team. Uh, that's where Lamar Jackson looks to first, no doubt about it. And he is a definite mismatch every time he's on the on the field, every time. Um. So let's talk about this next tier, and uh, I'm going to stop it with one guy, and and I debate about this other one. We'll we'll talk about him in a second. But here's here's the next tier, and I think you can find some uh, uh, some similarities. So it's uh, Kyle Pitts, Darren Waller, Dalton Schultz, and George Kittle. That's who I have in the next tier. Um, I'm going to have TJ Hawkinson in the tier below that. I just, just can't, I'm just thinking about it, think about it. And I'm going to put him below it. He's very close to, uh, projections where Kittle is, but, uh, I'm not bitter about what he did to me last year at all. Uh, but, uh, so, so of those guys, Pitts, Waller, Schultz, and Kittle, who, who do you have at the top of that list? And, and who do you, who would you say, Hey, I might stay away from this guy. This one's tough. Um, I think. The the first the first question you asked me is, is obviously really tough. I don't know which of these four I really truly believe is at the top of the the rest, but the one I truly do want to stay away from for me personally is actually Darren Waller. Um I think him being on Las Vegas, them gaining Javante Adams, he is no longer gonna be the number one receiving target on his team. He has been the last two years or three years. We've seen him besides last year where he's where he had the injuries, the two years before that he finished as a top three tight end. He has the ability, the athleticism that you want to see that receiving tight end ability. Um, but the injuries of last year, he's already been dealing with injuries this whole offseason and preseason. He was out again with an undisclosed injury today, or undisclosed reason, undisclosed reason today. I shouldn't say injury because he did come back, I believe, at some point last week. Um, so he has been practicing. But um, still, there's just question marks around him that you just don't want to see from somebody who you're going to have to spend this top three or fourth round pick on. And that, I think that's the key for these tight ends is that if you're if you're truly sacrificing a running back or wide receiver uh, draft pick for these tight ends or quarterbacks, you want to be damn sure that they're going to provide you the same value as what those of who you're passing up. And so um, Darren Waller, I think, just has too many question marks around him that I just don't trust him as a tight end in this tier. Um, and then Pitts. Uh, it just keeps getting dealt the short end of the stick. Matt, Matty Ice is gone. He's got Martin Mariota to, to replace him. Don't know if I truly believe in that whatsoever, but I, what I do believe in is they have a rookie, Drake London, go opposite of him. He's dealing with an injury right now, but I believe he should be good to go week one, but still a rookie. 
Um, so Kyle Pitts, I think, will still be possibly the number one receiving target in this offense, and he should be because I mean, he if we the freak athletic ability of Kyle Pitts, he's not a tight end; he's a wide receiver. Um, he lines that outside outside, I think, more than most wide receivers even because they get to move to slot sometimes. But uh, Kyle Pitts, the sheer volume he's going to see is going to be very unmatched by a lot of these guys besides those top two we saw and talked about. Um, so I think that's why I have Kyle Pitts slightly above Schultz and Kittle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I agree. And I'll say this about – I completely agree with Kyle Pitts. To me, if I'm drafting, I am probably, unless I'm in a turn – I'm leaving Kelsey and Andrews alone, and I'm waiting till the third round to see if I can get Kyle Pitts. Uh, and, and that's the way I would look at it. Now, Darren Waller, you know, it's that, yeah, but, yeah, but, you know, you think, you know, Darren Waller, now that there's Devontae Adams, there's somebody to take the double coverage away from him. So he's probably going to be in better situations to succeed. Yeah, but Devontae Adams is going to get 140 targets. Uh, and so Darren Waller's not used to having a wide receiver out there taking that. Yeah, but he's playing for Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels, the new uh, coach, New England's known for throwing to the tight end and featuring the tight end in that office, uh, that offense. Yeah, but it's fucking Josh McDaniels. He's the worst coach in the league. I I, I still don't know how he got that job. But it, so you have all these these two these back and forth and. I just can't trust him. I'm with you. I can't trust him. The the one guy I'd say that probably is a true breakout, and I don't call if you call him a breakout because we, we're talking top five, is Dalton Schultz. And the reason I say that is Dallas is going to be looking for the slot receiver. And, and so Dallas doesn't have it right now. If they don't sign somebody late or uh, something happens, I really like Dalton Schultz, Schultz to be that. Uh, next option if they don't swing Pollard out there a lot. I think Schultz could take, could, could be the guy that gets a lot of, that takes a lot of the, um, uh, a, a lot of the, uh, Cooper, um, targets. And so, uh, I, I think that, um, I, I think Dalton Schultz has an opportunity to really rise up and George Kittle is George Kittle. And I, I think you're getting solid pick there. He, I really want him to stay healthy, but he has that issue of, Trey Lance throwing to him. Are we, is he going to get that consistency that, that he needs? But there is no doubt that the tight end is the best friend of a rookie quarterback, and Trey Lance might as well be a rookie quarterback. He's going to be the guy, the big guy that they can see that's going to be running the short route. I, I think his reception total goes up. I think his touchdown total may go down. So, uh, But anyway, I, all those guys, though, definitely – Guys, you want to take in the middle, and, and are definite tight end targets that you want to have if you're if you're going to take one uh, in in those first uh, first five or six rounds. So this next tier that I have, I, I think it's a very interesting tier, and and I moved T.J. Hawkinson into this, but he's projected much higher than the rest of this tier. But I, like I said, I, I I don't like what he did to me last year, so. Uh, <laughs> So you've got TJ Hawkinson, Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, Dawson Knox, Irv Smith, Hunter Henry, and because I do like him, Pat Fryermuth. So um, so that's pretty much your dang Tony just went through the top 12. That's right. That's the way these tight ends work. Once you get past those six guys that we talked about, 
And you could argue with Hawkinson being athletic enough to be up there, but there's just not a lot of difference. And so Hawkinson, Ertz, Goddard, Knox, Smith, Hunter Henry, and Fryermuth. And all of them have positives. All of them have negatives. But, Jake, out of that group, who do you like and who do you not like? Yeah, I think – so I'll just start with uh, the easy one. I, I mentioned him earlier. I really like Cole Komet out of this group. Um, and I think he's got the well, – I, I didn't have Cole Komet in this group, but I can add him. Did you not? I thought. I swear I thought you said his name. Yeah. Was, I said Pat Fryermuth. So I, had Komet, I, I have Komet I as a riser. But now, hey, hey, I'm – Hey, I'm all about opportunity I, here. Let's put Cole Komet up. Let's put him up there because I, I agree. I like Cole Komet. I, I clearly, we'll put him I up clearly there. was focusing on just one person, which tells you maybe how I feel about the whole group you just mentioned <laughs> um, because they're all just so close. So I, I might as well just take the guy that's even getting drafted even even lower. Um, so Cole Komet, yeah, I think I think he's getting slept on because he's on the Chicago Bears. Um, they don't score. He didn't score at all last year. But I see it as they lost Allen Robinson. He's got a third year in the NFL. We love to see the, the third year tight end breakout. It almost always takes them more time in the NFL to really have that true breakout year. Um, I mean, I, I, I haven't done the full research yet, and I plan on before uh, drafting, uh, but I, I don't see a lot of these guys having 93 targets last year um, without scoring, uh, and that that was Cole Komet. <laughs> Um, and so I think Cole Komet has the true ability to really skyrocket into the tight end one rankings and not just maybe be a low tight end one, but a mid tier tight end one, which I will preface though. It's not hard to do, um, because all of these guys, if, if one guy catches a touchdown in one week, he's probably guaranteed to be a top six tight end that week. And he could have 10 to 15 yards. It could be a one catch, 10 yards, one touchdown, and he could be the wider, the tight end six. That's just how bunched up all of this is once you get past those top six guys we just talked about. And so um, I think I like Cole Komet a lot out of this group. Another one, and he's been he's getting he's getting getting a little negativity lately, which you don't like to see, but Zach Ertz is a popular pick for a lot of people right now with DeAndre Hopkins missing those first six weeks. Uh, Marquise Brown being new to the system. So you're really looking at uh, Zach Ertz being maybe the only returning veteran guy that's AJ Brown to be in that system to start the year. Um, so some people are saying, hey, Zach Ertz, draft him and trade him after that week six, as soon as Hopkins comes back. I like Zach Ertz. I think he showed rapport last year with Murray and with this system. I think he ended up being a true red zone target for them when Murray is getting that double team. I don't think they have anybody else on that team that can truly take over that red zone role besides him or Hopkins. And so I still like Zach Ertz even past week six. I, I agree with that. And uh, I agree with that. The only the, the only uh, name I would also mention here um, is Dallas Goddard. Mm-hmm. And just because of the age, he's in that sweet spot where – you know, they did trade away Hurts um, last year. Goddard is the man. And, again, with Jalen Hurts being a scrambling quarterback, looking for a quick out, I think Goddard and, – and showed some of that last year. Uh, but let me put this in perspective for everyone before we go over these last few names of the tight end as as we talk about drafting. Even even the top tight ends that we talked about, Kelsey and Andrews, they're, they're projecting around 260, 270 points in a PPR league. Just to put that in perspective, that would be around wide receiver nine or ten in uh, in rankings. That would be around running back uh, ten or eleven. 
So, and when you drop down after that, when you talk about the tight end six and you drop below 200 points, now you're talking about uh, a wide receiver 36, 38. You know, you really drop down. So, so all I'm saying is it's a very tight window. And like uh, Jake said, they score a touchdown. They're probably, they're probably a top tight end, a tight end one through 12 for the, for the week, but for, Andrews and Kelsey and, and, and Kyle Pitts. So, so anyway, just keep that in mind as you look at these, as you look at these tight ends and what, you, what you're really wanting to get out of them. So, um, so with that, let me, uh, just real quickly, uh, talk about some of the guys that you could look at. Um, and I think Cole Komet is definitely a breakout, uh, candidate, no doubt about it, because he could be that guy that could jump up into the 80. Uh, 80 reception uh, range, just like those top five, six guys. So uh, let me, uh, and I, I'm, unless you want to say something about TJ Hawkinson, I'm not going to say anything because my mama said, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't <laughs> say anything at all. I just wish you could see him be healthy for a full year. Uh, cause yeah. when we did see it two years ago. He was a top five tight end. Um, and I think he's, he's, he's probably the most, he's got the most NFL ability receiving wise of their receivers as well i think and so i think he's the highest talent to throw the ball to you for them besides deandre swift so i would like yeah. it's just it's just a health thing for him i think yeah i agree and i i shouldn't be that hard he definitely somebody to target at, at the adp if, if if you let him move down move down the line so uh all right so um here's some names i'm gonna throw them out and, and so really uh, just going to go down to um, uh, Austin Hooper, and, and I think these guys now again. I, I want to be clear: do not draft two tight ends. Don't do it. When you got a bye week, go out on a waiver wire, get you a tight end, and bring him back in. Don't draft two tight ends unless your league makes you. So here are the guys that if you have to draft two tight ends names to remember and and Jake I'll ask you to give me two or three that you want to you want to talk about so here's here are the guys so you got Mike Gusecki at Miami Albert O at Denver we mentioned him a minute ago Tyler Higby at the Rams Noah Fant with his new team in Seattle David Njoku at Cleveland Evan Ingram new team in Jacksonville Hayden Hurst at Cincinnati Logan Thomas at Washington and then Austin Hooper at Tennessee. And after that, I think you're just grab those are the guys you're just grabbing names on waiver wire. So um any any of those guys that I mentioned there, those those nine or ten guys, Jake, that you you think we need to talk about or you say, hey, pay attention and look for this guy. Yeah, this is the range where you just completely punted on the the position even even <laughs> even more than you should have. And you just or or the, or your league mates saw what you were trying to do and grab grab Cole Komet late or Hunter Henry or Irv Smith or Pat Fryermuth. You tried to grab these guys late and they said, you know what? We don't want you to have that. And they all drafted top two tight ends. Like we're not telling you, like we're telling you not to do just to spite you. Um, Cause it happens. Um, and so now you're stuck with this group of guys or these are going to be your, like we said, these are the bye week guys you need to target and just see how they're doing throughout the year. Um, so a couple of names I'm really liking on this list. And they're either going to have two things in common. They're either going to be a part of a very high scoring or an, an offense you want a piece of, or they're a part of a terrible offense, but they might have much higher volume. Um, so one of the first ones is Albert O and Tyler Higby. 
Albert O, you want a piece of Russell Wilson in this Denver offense, part of the AFC West that has the ability to put up points. Um, and I think Albert O showed, I think that he has the ability to be possibly a top tight end or a tight end one when we did see Noah Fant get hurt last year. Um, so you like Albert O being a part of a Russell Wilson led offense. And then Tyler Higby, same thing, except it's for the Rams. He's, he's a, Possibly a higher target in in the in the uh, and uh, the target share as compared to Albert O, but you just like maybe the Denver offense a little bit more. But I think Tyler Higby is possibly that third that third reception guy um, or third target guy in the Rams pecking order behind uh, Cup and Robinson. Um, he has shown the ability to finish the tight end one. Um, so I like him a lot being a part of that Matt Stafford led offense. And then the other the only other name I'll mention here is. I actually kind of like David Njoku a little bit um, just because of the sheer volume he possibly could get uh, being that safety blanket for uh, Brissett there since we know Deshaun is now out those first 11 games. Um, it's either going to be him or Cooper. I do like the Bell rookie kid a little bit, but I think Njoku, they paid him to be the guy there. Um, and so yeah. um, I like him as from a volume standpoint as well amongst all these um, guys this far down. Yeah, I agree. And so I'll say one name uh, that I'm interested in just as a standalone, and that's Austin Hooper. Uh, he's now with the Titans. The Titans have shown that they do target the tight end. He will be on the field all the time uh, in that offense, and he's had a, a decent preseason. Uh, he's a veteran. And, again, if you're just reaching, I, I think Hooper is, a, is not a bad name to take. And the last thing I'll say about tight ends – if you're one of those folks that you did go and take a, a, a quarterback early, so as Jake said, so let's say you got Russell Wilson, it's not a bad idea in a PPR format to stack a tight end with a with a quarterback. Uh, and and normally we say you know you, you may not want to do that uh, stacking a quarterback with another position, but uh, so if you take Russell Wilson early, you want to wait and, and build up your wide receiver or running back strength because you took him early. Go ahead then and look for Albert O late. Or if you took Matt Stafford early, look for Tyler Higby late. Those kind of things. And the last name, if you took Justin Herbert early, uh, Gerald Everett will be out there and will take some targets. Donald Parham is another great uh, Charger uh, tight end, but he's currently nursing an injury, I believe. I but he's concussion I, I don't. Concussion protocol, concussion protocol. So, um, uh, so anyway, but I, I think those two, the really Albert O, uh, Higby, uh, I think are, are really good, um, uh, good, uh, ties to your, to your quarterback. Um, I don't think you'd got to go want to go backwards. If you get Kelsey, you take Mahomes, but you could, you could, but that would put you in a really tough spot for the rest of your lineup. So, well, I, that's all I have to say about tight ends. Jake, you got anything? Nope. I think that's it. Well, that, my friend, brings us to the end of our rankings podcast. So we've given you running backs. We've given you wide receivers. We've given you quarterbacks. We're giving you tight ends. Good luck on your kickers. That's all I'll say. <laughs> we ain't going to rank them. So, uh, but anyway, uh, our next podcast, we'll be doing a mock draft, and uh, that should be fun. And uh, that's when that's when we really start talking uh, about what were you thinking? And uh, we'll get to him. But uh, Jake, you got anything else you want to say to the uh, to the audience? Nope. I think we've got a lot to think about. 
Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, we will see you at the next episode when we will be a maca drafting. Uh, y'all take care out there. Be good. Be good at it. Peace. Cash out. That worked pretty well.